0: Welcome to The Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. I'm Danny Torres, an MC, DJ, and podcaster, inspiring young adults by shining light onto career opportunities in our world today.
1: And I'm Jeff Mudd, home improvement contractor, writer of the
0: Millionaire Carpenter Series, and podcaster. Stay tuned to 15 to 20 minutes of insightful tips. What's up, everybody? This is The Trades Podcast. I am Danny.
1: And I'm Jeff Budd, and I'm excited this morning. We have got a great guest, and we got some really fantastic information to put out.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right here, we are sitting down uh, virtually with Lee Whitmore with Quality Pest Services. Lee, how you feeling?
2: doing good Danny thanks for having me on today
0: yeah no this is amazing we, we've uh, been having some great conversations a little bit before the uh, recording right here and it's just been awesome to um, obviously know some of the things that you want to talk about and what we want to kind of cover but of course we got to introduce you to the podcast world right here so go ahead and introduce yourself let everybody know who you are and uh, quality pest pest services
2: Great! I appreciate the opportunity again that uh, you and Jeff present me with. Uh, so I'm president and qualifying operator for Quality Pest Services. We're headquartered in Orange County in Anaheim, and we provide subcontract fumigation and volumetric heat services to a lot of termite companies throughout Southern and Central California. We have about 120 employees, and we service currently we service Fresno, Kern. Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, San Bernardino, San Diego, Santa Barbara, Tulare, and Ventura counties. We're the uh, largest sub-largest uh, structural fumigation company there is in the United States. We perform about twelve thousand applications uh, annually. Uh, we have a real good reputation in the in that space, and uh, work quite a bit with like the regulatory folks and the manufacturers and developing. Uh, different sort of procedures and and things like that and and work on different research projects in conjunction with them as well. And um, so I started the business in 2016. Uh, This was a second career for me. I uh, was in the U.S. Navy prior to that, was a diver and worked on underwater mines. And uh, so I came from a hazardous sort of background previously and uh, uh, met a guy that had a fumigation company and he wanted me to come to work with him and uh, everything worked out. And so that's how I ended up on this journey. Um, I've been involved with our state and national trade associations to, to a certain extent and, uh, and really just try to do a real good job for the work that we perform and, and try to uh, be a good steward of the products that we use.
0: Yeah. That, that's amazing. I mean, it, it was 2016, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: 2016.
0: Yeah. So we
2: started off uh, pretty quick. Uh, we had three locations when we started in two, 2016. Now we're up to, uh, we actually have seven locations today.
1: That's a fantastic journey, Lee. Uh, very impressive. But a number that I didn't realize, 12,000 fumigations a year. And that covers the gamut from a single family residence to uh, condos and apartment buildings.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like the one that's in the photo behind me, that's like an entire community. And, you know, our company's actually carved out a niche, you know, for doing, you know, some of the largest and most complicated projects. I get excited about those, you know, it's like a lot of guys can do a standard residential home, you know, but to really, to really do a great job you know, to do a stellar job on some of these larger, more complex projects, it's it, it takes a lot more planning and, you know, and, and coordination on those. And uh, our company has really uh, developed a great reputation for, for providing that, you know, that service as well. The 12,000 number is about, you know, accounts for over 10% of the entire market that's done in the state of California, you know, But but in reality, we probably, our footprint's probably a little larger than that because of the you know the fact that we do some of those, you know, just uh, humongous projects. You know that might be entire communities at once.
1: Absolutely. So to do a, a say, a hundred-unit condo complex, the coordination work with the, the board and the management company, is a, a quite a long process. <laughs> the, the, for one, they they need to plan for it, budget for it. It does cost some money, and then the coordination of. Uh, preparing for it, the landscaper, the locks, the bagging up the food, all those different components to that. Is that something you can run through pretty quickly, whether it's oh, for a single family absolutely. or condo complex? Yeah, I'd be
2: happy to help with that. Yeah, the single family. So there's a lot of coordination that's required in those larger projects Do you know, they, they take a lot more, you know, oftentimes what will happen is we'll get you know requests for, for proposals that will come in on these large complexes and um you know, we what we do as a company, we try to provide them as much specific information about what they're going to face and what need, you know, what needs they need to address on the front end. so they're so they're better prepared, you know to 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 determine like from a budgetary standpoint, what those costs might look like, you know, even uh, how we might even phase it in like, like some of the communities could, you know, some of them have a 200 buildings, you know. And so we're not necessarily looking to do those all at one time, but we we could lay out like, you know, you know, an idea of how many they might want to accomplish on a weekly or monthly basis. And that way they can kind of plan and budget for that as well. Um when it comes to preparatory requirements, as you mentioned, you know. Landscaping you know, needs to get addressed. Any, any vegetation that's in close proximity to the properties, you know, that stuff would need to get trimmed back. You know, our company will meet with the landscaping you know, companies themselves that, that are under the employment of the community, go over exactly what we would ask them to do so that they know in advance what needs to happen. That needs to happen like within a week or so of the process is being performed right you know they do it a month and a half in advance the stuff's already grown back by the time we show up you know yeah. so you have to make sure that those uh those are handled uh, in conjunction you know and a lot of it like it's not that substantial but a lot of it really is uh, meeting with the residents and going over the things that are necessary uh, for them to prepare with uh, such as bagging of their food items and You know, making sure we have access to everything, you know, that's inside the the tarp space and also to answer questions and concerns that they might have about the process. So normally when we do these large projects, we'll have like town hall style meetings, you know, and we try to answer all of their questions and concerns at that time. And usually after we've done that, you know, things really do go pretty smoothly. There's documentation that's required by the state that needs to be filled out by each unit. We go through that stuff. We talk about, uh, you know, what they need to do on their interior of their homes. We demonstrate how to bag the food items and stuff for them. And, and it really does. And then we answer all the questions and concerns they might have, you know, about the fumigant and, uh, you, know, their, you know, concerns they have about their family and their pets, dogs, you know, and stuff, all of that, you know, and kind of go over it all with them. And, and uh, it seems to work very effectively by doing it in that manner.
1: Absolutely. And all this really starts with a prime contractor and your company, I've seen you and uh, some of your managers will show up and support the prime contractor through the whole process. You just talked about it with the larger projects. Um, And I think that's one of the customer service aspects that really set your company apart from others.
2: We appreciate that, Jeff. And that's true. You know, I've always felt... You know, when we're the faceless subcontractor, you know, they think of us as some very unsophisticated, you know, it's just like the picture is as bad as could be, right? But then when we actually show up and we're, you know, and it's clear that we have a a, a vested interest and in a in a solid partnership with our with our termite companies, you know, then that really does seem to put a lot of those concerns to rest. Or, you know, typically on those prep meetings, you know, our company will have a representative show up and and we'll even kind of take the lead as far as going through, you know, the fumigation specific, you know, preparatory requirements. This is, you know, just something that, you know, we're, we're very in tune to. So I know, I know a lot of the HOA uh, boards and stuff, they appreciate the opportunity to get to meet us in advance and kind of know who we are. You know, I think that has really, served uh, us as well as our clients, the, you know, the various termite companies we work for, I think that's served both of uh, them and us well.
1: A hundred percent. I've gotten that feedback from uh, multiple boards. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and like the, the, the amount of detail that you guys really do go into is that that's one thing that, I mean, I think that stands out to, you know, separates a, a good business from a great business. And, you know, you being able to show everything, the process, and really provide all the information before everything does happen for these residents and for these, um, uh, like a big apartment complex right there, then the Orange County background that, you're, that you have right there, um, it, it has to have a huge benefit for health and, financial and, fa- and financially to have the fumigation done uh, for termites and the other pests. Can you talk a little bit more about um, those benefits a little bit more?
2: Oh, without a doubt, that's, that's, that's uh, really the key to this, you know, to the service that we provide, you know, fumigation is pretty unique around the United States, it's probably 80% uh, of the fumigation work. And this is a technology is performed in Southern California, compared to the rest of the United States. Primarily, the reason for that is we have a termite, the Western Drywood Termite, that's indigenous to this area, and it just loves it loves the temperate weather and the perfect humidity, and so it, it is just really active here in Southern California. There are pockets in Hawaii that you know where they're at as well. Some up in Northern California, San Jose, and you know the area along the coastal line there, as well as in Florida. But nothing like, like the infestations that we get here in California. And this termite, it's very cryptic. It's hard to find. You know, people will sometimes notice um, uh, it's the fecal matter. They have, like, little pellets that will start falling out of different wood area. you know, areas like you know, window frames or door jams and things like that. And they'll see that. By the time they're seeing that, oftentimes the termites have done a lot of significant damage, you know, in areas that are unseen. And that's why fumigation is so effective. It will eradicate not only the termites that are readily seen or the activity that's right there and visible, but it also take care of the ones that are behind the wood and areas that that are undetected. Uh, It's a gas, so the gas permeates through all of the wood members in the structure underneath the tarpaulins and it eradicates all of them. You know, This process was developed, it's funny, back in the, I think it was like in the 1920s, I believe it was, there were um, there was a severe earthquake happened in the area of long beach california and uh substantial damage to properties to homes and uh, it ended up resulting in significant insurance claims and created a great deal of problems for uh for the banks and institutions that were providing the financing for these properties what they discovered afterwards is that the worst damaged homes happened as a result of, you know, existing termite damage on those properties, making Mm -hmm. them more susceptible uh, to the earthquakes, uh, you know, causing causing damage to the properties. And so after that, what happened is the banks and, and financial institutions began requiring that there would be a what we call wood destroying organism inspection as part of the financing component. So in order to lend money to buy these homes, Since way, you know, almost 100 years ago, they wanted to make sure that these inspections were done that would tell them that these properties are free and clear of any active infestations so that they knew that their investment dollars were protected when somebody bought their home, in which case, like in Long Beach, they ended up taking a bath. You know, they lost, you know, had people owed more money than what the damage, uh, you know, uh, or damage resulted in more than what they owed, you know, and so created a real problem there. And so that changed almost a hundred years ago, and it stayed into effect for the longest time. You know, um, recently we've had, uh, you know, a little bit of alteration on that, but uh, but it remains the biggest driver, and and uh, you know, is home escrows. You know, but uh, because these insects are cryptic and hard to identify and find, you know, you know, there's a whole industry that's evolved from that. That's the termite inspection process that's performed by our various different uh, termite companies and and us as a fumigation service provider you know oftentimes they may be able to do treatments they may be able to treat locally those certain areas but when they find that the infestations are heavy or they lead into areas that they can't uh, get to then they'll call us and schedule for us to help them with the eradication process
1: that that is so interestingly i've been in the termite industry, one aspect or another, mostly as a carpenter contractor, uh, for 40 years. And I'd never heard about the Long Beach uh, earthquake uh, starting the real estate uh, requirements. I've always known about it, uh, the need for the uh, clearance to pass an escrow in a lot of cases. Yes, The real estate industry has evolved a little bit, but how interesting! I did not know
0: that. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, it just goes to show the importance, obviously, of the service that you guys are providing for, especially like you said, in the Southern California area, because more susceptible to that certain termite that's out here, the drywood. Yeah. And, yeah,
2: more susceptible to the termite, more susceptible to the earthquake. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know what? Southern California real estate isn't the cheapest location no, in county, right? <laughs> you know that's yeah. true. So you think about that, you know, it's like all three of those combined creates a, you know really a, a pretty you know very valid necessity you
1: mm-hmm. know? It, yeah. it really is a a necessity for a lot of the homes here in southern california um with that said though lee what other pests do you fumigate for
2: yeah i'm glad you asked that too you know and that's the other thing is that you know when we we you know for, for pest control and for you know Every, you know those, everyone they have tools right and so nothing is like the you know the perfect tool to take care of every single uh, or you know pest or insect you know and so there are a variety of different tools that we utilize and many times the the, the process starts with the least invasive least uh, impactful product, you know that's that's going to be in the best interest of not only the pest control service provider but the customer as well and so many times that's what we will do we go to someone's home to to treat for cockroaches say for instance you know they'll have you know an exempt product that's a bait they'll try to put that in different places and take care of the problem at the you know the easiest and most less you know or least impactful method when that doesn't work then process will escalate you know they'll try something maybe that's a little more invasive something that's a little we call it like hotter we'll say like a product that's slightly hotter we'll try to use that to take care of those problems when 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 the infestations of whether it's cockroaches or you know there are beetles that we we deal with in structural applications bed bugs have become you know way more prevalent over the last decade or so Uh, When we deal with those and the infestations are substantial, the most effective means that we have for taking care of those infestations is fumigation. It's a proven time-tested approach. It's very effective. Same reason that it's really good at taking care of the termites that are cryptic and hidden behind, you know, in the wall voids and stuff. Same thing with bed bugs. You can't, it's hard to get them all whenever the infestations are very heavy. You know, we've done projects like we did, we did a 600 unit uh, complex in West LA. Um, they were infested for over two years, Wow! dealing with trying localized treatments, you know, and they just seemed to be chasing them from one unit to the other. And we, we, we went in and we did the application. We received thank you notes from the occupants, literally personalized thank you notes from the people thanking us for, you know, for resolving uh, the matter. I think that case was you know I mean that 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 property was close to going into like a you know into like class action lawsuit uh situation and you know we were able to get on on the premises and take care of their problems and uh you know everybody was pleased as could be so when you see that sort of stuff you know on the other insect fronts you know you know we've done I mean we've done strip malls you know restaurants and stuff like that you know where they've had just you know overwhelming uh, problems, you know, that uh, they need to get back down to like complete control, you know, and start from like, start from zero. When we do the applications, it will eradicate, you know, virtually any type of insect, you know, uh, with, you know, at, at, in one treatment, you know, sometimes uh, the eggs are uh, something that, you know, it could take a little bit extra of application, but other than that, you know, we're, we're able to Take care of most of the conventional insects with one application, so it's very effective at doing so.
1: Yeah, Actually, Lee's broke that down, but when they use the word integrated pest management, you start with the least evasive process, identify, monitor, um, and that should goes across the board for all insects in the pest control industry. Way above my skill level, but heard enough about it. Yeah, that, uh, but
2: you nailed it. That's exactly right. Yeah, Jeff. yeah. But, it is. but integrated after pest a really management.
1: Yeah, after a really bad fumigation that you were just talking about, you have to go back to the basics and start over again to, to maintain that um, quality that you've put forth to eradicate all the pests. So
2: Yeah, that's it. You know, sure. one other area I'd like to mention while we're sort of on that, you know, as far as different pests are concerned. The other thing, you know, as far as uh, uh, viking is concerned, so that's sulfur fluoride is the fumigant that we use. Manufactured by Douglas Products, they do a great job at stewarding the product. They have, you know, required training for us. They have a, a program uh, known as the Commitment to Excellence program that I'm, I'm pleased to say that I've been a charter member of since they started it almost 20 years ago. And, uh, but not only do we do structural applications, we do commodity applications with the same molecule. So. Um, all of the nuts, like the almond, the almonds and uh, pistachios in Central Valley, stuff gets eradicated, or you know, they, it gets infested with insects as well, and it needs to be treated too. And this mm-hmm. product is very effective at doing that. There's all sorts of other uh, uh, food products that are done, like down at the harbors, that are stuff that's coming, uh, you know, in import and export type products that are done. There are restrictions on moving materials like. Uh, And just as an example, uh, uh, longhorn beetles, uh, in concern over them, uh, transcending, you know, through international trade have created an entire market of treating like wooden pallets and stuff that's getting shipped from one country to another and fumigation is like the only very effective means for eradicating those. Um, You know, the food stuff is, you know, our business is all about you know, protecting people, and our food supply that really is uh, you know the keys and sometimes the food stuff gets overlooked but it's a it's a multi-billion dollar uh, concern you know it really is and so there's a lot of that that gets done and folks are just uh, unaware it's exact same molecule that's used uh, to to treat those products
1: absolutely yeah there's companies that's just specialize in doing food products down at the harbors in the west coast here
0: yeah. And I mean it just goes to show that I mean everything that we've been able to kind of cover and talk about um, with w- that you and Quality past Services really does cover. I mean it, it just goes to show how important everything is and how co- how it's all integrated with each other and that it works off each other to again like you said protecting the people, property and the food. And yeah. it, it's it's just one of those moments where you you know a lot of a lot of the um, the, the rulings and the, the laws that have, you know, put in place ever since that history lesson that you gave us. And really, thank you. Thank you for that. Cause that's something that maybe a lot of people of our listeners just really don't know about. And until recently, you mentioned that things had started changing, um, through the state of California, through CARB. And if, if you could like, let us know, I mean, you, you I absolutely, I'm sure, you know, way more than we do. And definitely to kind of uh, spread some knowledge about that, the changes, and what's happening sure. within the industry.
2: Sure, Danny, I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little about that as well. So, uh, the California Air Resource Board's got a you know a tremendous task that they've been assigned. Right? They need to they need to deal with uh, you know global warming and how California wants to address those concerns. Um, you know, and that's a I mean, obviously a huge task. We've seen changes occur you know, with uh, vehicles and, you know, emissions and all sorts of stuff, you know, I mean, that's a pretty broad-based uh, problem that they face. Um, recently, we've had, uh, they've received two petitions that were filed by what we refer to as non-governmental organizations, and they're essentially folks that are concerned about pesticide use, and uh, with sulfurofluoride specifically, they petitioned them to try to restrict uh, and maybe eliminate the use of sulfurofluoride in the future over concerns about the global warming impact that sulfurofluoride has. You know, they're, I'm sure they're well-meaning and, uh, you know, and and uh, some of, you know, some of their concerns are, 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 you know, on the surface they sound legitimate, but, uh, you know, when you delve into it a little more, you can find that maybe the, the, uh, their recommendations are more damaging or problematic for global warming than than uh, than what they would suggest. And so just kind of go into the details uh, a little bit. I don't want to bore your audience too much with the science. <laughs> no, but, but it's know. super important. This, yeah. these, these are things yeah. that
0: I think uh, anybody that's within the industry or looking to get into it, it's something to be fully aware yeah. of because you haven't seen these type of changes you know right. in so long so yeah feel go into things, as much detail how these, yeah.
2: how these policies and uh decisions are made are important right you know yeah. that they, they really are so just in general you know all of the global warming gas you know 66 to 67 percent of it is carbon dioxide right you know it's all coming from the emissions of you know from vehicles and everything else but that's like two-thirds of all of all of the you know the impact complete, you know, of all the gases that are creating that global warming impact. Mm-hmm. Of the remaining 33, you know, there's 33% left, right? Those are a mix of all sorts of other products. The the combined total global use of sulfur fluoride accounts for just about three 100th of 1% of that remaining 33% only. So it's it's a finite, small, tiny, minuscule amount of, uh, of, of fumigant that's even used worldwide.
0: I'm, I'm going to ask the, you
1: later to repeat that because I think that is uh, that's a very
0: huge, relevant. Yeah, it's a, that's a, comparison that's number. a surprising really? number. Yeah.
2: yeah, three one hundredths of one percent of the remaining 33% so let you know basically one one hundredth of one percent is its effect you know of all of the gas so you know most of the scientists um, have already you know i think positioned themselves to suggest complete elimination of you know of the product like whether it's for the food sources uh, that you know we have no viable alternative for whether it's you know the use in homes where you know, where we don't have any viable alternatives here, you know, so all all usage around the world would would be what they call negligible impact. That means you eliminate it and there's no change in the global warming effects, right? Because, and it just, it's because it's such a small, you know, uh, a small amount to begin with, it's not going to, it's not going to move the needle. You know, it's not going to move the needle even if you removed it. Furthermore, the alternatives for, for treatment, whether it's for the food stuff, you know that, you know, what do you do with that stuff? You dispose of it, you require additional food items have to be generated. For structural applications, one of one of the only alternatives that we have for whole structure treatments, there's been a lot of research that's been done on this stuff. Uh, UC Berkeley uh, and, and our scientists up there have done studies over the last 30 years, you know, trying to evaluate all the different treatment protocols. And they've worked with our regulatory agencies as well. And so in California, the only two uh, treatments that are basically recognized as whole structure treatments are fumigation and volumetric heat. And my company offers volumetric heat as a service as well. But well, I'll tell you, it's not as robust as fumigation, it's not, it, it, it takes a, a lot more of a very specific approach and we can't use it to the scale. Like you can't, you see this complex in the back, like we're talking about, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's 175 units that are here. We did that over a three day period of time. Wow. If we were doing volumetric heat there, it would cost this community about five times as much and we would be able to do about three to five units per day. So that means that we would have spent months, literally months out there at this project getting this accomplished.
1: Uh, and, Not and only and that, the, the, the cost to have done that, you either have yeah. to use propane for yeah. propane heaters or electric. Yeah. And well, you would have created- For a-
2: drywood termites, Jeff, electrics aren't robust enough. So you have to use propane. And that's the other thing I was going to go to is so you're eliminating sulfurofluoride, fluoride, which is using a minute amount to do the applications here, where the alternative is to burn tons, you know, to burn quite a bit of, you know, a lot of gallons of. Uh, it's about 25 gallons per 5,000 cubic feet, and that compares to about two pounds, you know, per 5,000 cubic feet for the fumigant. So you're going to burn like 25 gallons of propane for every 5,000 square. Pete. Well, that's a greenhouse gas impact as well, right?
1: Absolutely. You know, and so yeah. the
2: alternative, you know, that they're suggesting, nobody n- nobody does drywood termite heat applications with electric heaters, I don't believe. You know, I've never heard of such. The reason is those heaters aren't as robust as, like, the ones that we use are like three hundred or 400,000 BTUs. They move a lot of air. You need that. You need that. You know, it almost works on the principle like of uh, – the same as like a convection oven. It's not just heated up and it cooks them inside. You need that air movement and you need those temperatures to be, you know, up there in 150, 160 degree ambient air range in order for those, for that heat uh, energy to pass into the wood and be able to get, you know, into the termites that are, that are insulated, you know, behind drywall, behind, you know, in the middle of studs that are, you know, in the walls. So. Yeah, the, the propane side of that's interesting. You know, the other options, you know, alternatives that we have are even worse. You know, if you can't treat uh, an area because it's inaccessible, what are your options? You can remove stucco from the side of properties so that you have access to the infested wood. And then you could you could use a variety of different termiticides and localized treatment options to treat that. But, just think about, it. I mean, you're talking about ripping open walls and, and basically reconstructing properties. Maybe you're cutting the wood out and replacing it. All of that is very invasive. It's talking about having vehicles driving back and forth to a property for weeks or months. Whereas, you know, the our alternative is a, you know, a two and a half day treatment option and they're done, you know, in the same community back here to do the the wood replacement or the open up the stucco and treat option would probably be a year, literally, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you, if you, if you go back to what we talked about earlier, tie this into escrow applications, you know, you got a 30 day escrow, right? Well, now we're going to, what are we talking about? You know, a nine month escrow, Mm -hmm. so you can get these treatments done. And that's the part, you know, I think, you know, a lot of times it gets missed and, and I don't think, you know, we can change in California. We are very progressive, right? The fumigation process alone, I worked on for over 10 years to change the aeration process. And today we have a system that's known as the California Aeration Plan. And it actually does active aeration where we draw fresh air from one side and out the other, unlike anything that's used throughout the United States. And its it was very innovative when we developed it. And I mean, we did. You know, and it took a long time. It's been in place here now for uh, close to 10 years, I think. And uh, and today, uh, federal EPA is going through the re-registration process of sulfurofluoride fluoride, and they're they're going they're looking to implement this nationwide. And so they're they're looking to implement our California ideas. You know, in Florida and Hawaii, those other areas that do fumigation as well. And we're very proud of that it's a it's a it's a very effective way it protects the consumer public it makes sure you know that they you know those properties are safe you know for for our customers and their families to re-enter after you know the job's done you know and uh we're always i think most of the practitioners in our state we understand that we're You know, in a state that's always going to be progressive, you know, Mm -hmm. I've always joked around that I use, I use a fumigant in the state of California, you know, I have to be pretty, uh, I got to be on point to do that and do it right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, So I understand that. But uh, sometimes those ideas are, 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 are well founded. And other times maybe they're, you know, maybe, you know, there are some holes in the ideas, you know, in this case, you know, there are a lot of challenges that we face, you know, as far as that petition goes.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, it's uh, those, position, those petitions that you mentioned, I mean, they're, they're just alarming um, and something that for anybody in the industry, they need to be aware of and need to understand it fully. So, uh, you know, thank you again for like really going into detail with that, because I think our, anybody that's listening in and, you know, wants to get more information about that, they can definitely keep um, looking into that. And obviously, uh, you're at the head of it. You're, you really are one of the biggest companies here in Southern California to really be at the forefront of it to really spread the spread the news about it and to look for different innovative ways to continue to have those treatments for these big complexes like you work on. But uh, yeah. yeah, I I, th- I, th- th- I think right now we'll shift into some, uh, uh, some more background about you and um, obviously the business and the process that you guys have with your employees and some training programs. But um, like I mentioned earlier, you do have a lot of Detail-oriented, obviously, with the hundred-plus employees, you, there's there's a lot of detail that has to go into your type of projects and the systems and processes that you do have. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your naval background and how <laughs> your your uh, you said my that you you did underwater mining, right? Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine how stressful those situations are compared to what you're working on right now with the quality pest control. How, how did those to shift into you know your your mind your mindset uh, into what you're doing today
2: well that's that's funny you bring that up Danny yeah so you know when I I worked on bombs right I mean that's what it was you know we went around so I was stationed uh for the majority of my you know I was never stationed on ships that was the big that was my uh you know as a mind man our big joke is we we don't uh we don't live on ships we blow them up you know? So, you know so you know the united states navy had its own arsenal of underwater mines that were designed to combat you know our you know uh, you know our enemies ships you know and submarines and uh, we had all, a variety of different ones that we actually worked on and maintenance and uh, made readily available for delivery you know whether it was by aircraft or ship or submarine and so uh, i spent the majority of my years over in the uh, pacific uh, working in Japan and the Philippines uh, uh, for uh, 13 years, and then was stationed here in yeah. Seattle Beach and they, Thank you that. for your service.
0: Thank you for oh, your service. Oh,
2: thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, so we worked on explosives. I would go, you know, I'd go, to, I'd go to Thailand and watch those guys working on, you know, some of the components that were really sensitive explosive items while they're smoking a cigarette and stuff. <laughs> 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 you know, we gotta back up here, you know, so. But, you know, it was, it was a good experience because, you know, I mean, i learned a lot about just safety protocols and what it's like to work with hazardous uh, materials and, and, and uh, things. And, and uh, you know, I learned quite a bit about that. And it was funny the uh you know the thing that I always felt like is um you always want to be the very best that you can at whatever it is you do and i met this gentleman that was uh here in california actually uh i played a little baseball in you know when i was a kid and i when i came over here i had i had uh, young two young sons and so i started coaching their baseball some you know and i met uh met this gentleman he had a fumigation company and and uh, his kid was on the team he liked the way that i actually ran the practices and (laughs) stuff you know he's like man this guy's really well organized you know and so uh you know one thing leads to another and he said why don't you come over and start working you know like you know part-time you know with my company so i do that and uh just to you know i thought the, the 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 comparison was interesting because here we are we you know again i mean this is a potentially hazardous application right and so having good safety protocols and and uh you know knowing what you're doing and taking it seriously or 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 you know or right in the wheelhouse so the same things i've been doing you know at that point for 15 years mm-hmm. so you know I, I found it really really interesting the other thing that i liked about uh about that business when I first came in to, uh, with him, as he had a real focus on delivering uh, top-notch quality service as well, and that's something in the Navy I taught. Uh, I taught uh, what they called it total quality management. It was a management uh, philosophy that the Navy adopted, uh, you know, years ago, and it was a way of trying to improve processes, you know from the ground up and always working towards improving processes, never being satisfied, you know, with the status quo. And I saw he was doing a lot of that and it intrigued, you know, it intrigued me as well. So I felt like he was a good fit. And, uh, you know, ended up transitioning out of the military and uh, went to work for him for a while and ran that company since uh, from about, uh, from 1999, I started full-time there. And so from 1999 until 2016, when I started Quality Pest Services, I worked over there in the same line of business, you know, and doing a lot of the same things. So, you know, you know, really a, a, a long journey. You know, everybody says, like, how do you end up in the bug business? You know, nobody yeah. really wakes up. <laughs> or, you know, as a kid, you know, there's not a lot of kids that go, I love bugs, you know, I want to be in a bug business, you know. So, but uh I, you know, it's so it's a thrill to me, you know, to see the service that we offer. You know, like I mentioned, those folks you know that we did the bed bug applications for, you know, and you start getting these personalized letters from them. Just uh you know, you know, it's heartfelt sometimes. You know, you can tell like you've resolved an issue that's a major impact to them. You know,
1: it's got to be and, uh, a a good uh, feeling to get those type of uh, acknowledgments. <laughs> it is like. right? absolutely, yeah. yeah
2: without a doubt, man. You know, it's like, that's what it's all about. Right. You know what I mean? Trying to help people and take care of their, you know, help them take care of a problem that, you know, I've mean, i had people like with the bed bug stuff, literally crying, crying, like almost having, you know, almost having nervous breakdowns. Right. You know, I had one of the editors from the LA times, you know, had an infestation of bed bugs in her home and uh, she had con she was referred to me and I was, you know I don't know I was a little reluctant you know I'm like I'm not sure you know I don't want you know you worry you know I, mean? I want to make sure we take care of the thing yeah, of it didn't course. seem like the infestation was that bad and I wasn't you know I mean you just you know you worry like if they you know if you do an application you want to make sure that you know it go everything goes right and all of that but I suggested maybe she wanted to try maybe one of those less intrusive methods you know and she screamed at me on the phone she's you don't understand they're biting my babies. Oh, know? yeah. It was like she wanted me there that day and I went, you know, we took oh, care of her oh. problem, you
1: know. Yeah.
2: But it's, you know, you know, it's a, you know, I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, in certain circumstances, we are what we call the sil- silver bullet, right? You know, and so you don't need it all the time, but when you need it, you want it, you know. We're very fortunate that bugs, you know, have not been found to be a disease vector either. You know, but, uh, you know, right now there's a development happening right in your backyard down there in San Diego, where they found pockets of what are called Formosan termites. Those are the most aggressive, most damaging termites species that we have in the world. They have them, you know, they've had them in uh, in different areas. But like in, if you go to New Orleans, you'll find uh, in the ground about every 10 feet while you walk around the French Quarter, you'll find uh, uh uh, br- brass colored uh, discs on the ground. Mm. Those are bait stations that the city has installed to try to treat these very aggressive Formosan termites. The reason being, if you don't treat those things aggressively, they will eat down properties in short order. Uh, mm. they, are, they, they devour properties. like, And uh, we, found, uh, we found pockets of those in the La Mesa area. Uh, most uh, recently, and and uh, they've had some up in uh, Canyon Lake, up in Riverside County, even Highland Park, up in L.A. You know, if you end up having those, uh, you know, become more prolific, uh, you know, we're going to need every, you know, viable tool we have to treat those. Those will eat a property down, not just do, you know, damage.
1: I'm Absolutely severe, the, severe impact. The the size of the colonies is one of the things that make those. Uh, very destructive yes
2: that's right
0: yeah that's huge but i mean everything that you've been able to like give us the 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 info um your your background your experiences the stories that you have uh from Mm -hmm. people that have been able to be super happy for you to come in and and provide these treatments for the community because it is really a community effect that that you're really uh take it tackling on and it's uh, something that people, you know, they see those tents, you know, driving by and they they truly don't know what's happening within, you know, and how much work that goes into it and the, how important it is. Obviously, like you said, the people, poverty and food, right?
2: Food. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Of how yep, important. And, and I mean, yeah. that's 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 what the I think the American value is, you know, almost all you know, does surround itself around with, too. Right. And uh, I think it's I think it's uh, great just to sit down with you, get all this info from you because I feel like we can continue to keep going and uh, we could talk a little bit more yeah, you know yeah, next absolutely. time we have you back on the show uh, about your systems processes and you know the type of experience that your employees have had with you and what you've been able to build up uh, since 2016. but even before that all the experience that you have in the industry it, it goes to show everything that you're building right now and it's it's been awesome to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, I, I we got to get Lee uh, talking a little bit about employees. 120 employees. Yeah, that's amazing. And, yeah. and you've worked with you know tons of uh, termite and pest control co- companies over your uh, uh, career, Lee. Getting absolutely. Yeah, one of the things we talk about is the opportunity in the trades. So, termite and pest I control are trades. Can you? give a a quick you know what's the opportunities that you've seen from different you know somebody coming out of high school what what opportunities are out there
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, the termite market has so many lucrative opportunities. You know, when I when I got out of high school, I went to college and I was there for about a year, you know, and I went, man, I got to get on with life, you know, and it's like I needed to get a job. And I ended up joining the Navy. And I think for some, you know, college is, you know, a viable option. But I tell you, you know, a lot of folks, they go to college and they turn around, they come back and they're working for us in the different trade fields anyhow, right? You know, so college isn't necessarily for everyone. I think in the termite world, there's all sorts of jobs, you know, whether it's being a termite inspector or being, you know, a lot of these companies have carpenters that are like finished carpenters, you know, that are doing really good work and they're doing all the wood replacement and repair work. You know, they got sales guys, there's admin folks in the, you know, that are in the offices doing that. There's, there's, uh, technicians that do treatments. So the folks that do like the, the ground treatments or the drilling treats, you know, and stuff like that, they there. Those folks are there at my company. You know, we have actual, uh, different tiers of, of employment as well. Uh, so we have like, a, we have guys that kind of handle the groundwork. We have guys that work on the roofs and actually, uh, load and spread out and and, uh, and and position all of the tarpaulins in place. And we have licensees that go on to the interiors and perform interior inspection and setup, and then actually are, are responsible for doing the applications, as well as, you know, all sorts of levels of management and stuff like that, too. But, you know, these jobs, they're well paying, you know, they're pretty lucrative. And a lot of people are surprised when they, you know, they go, man, I can make a you know, I can make a $100,000 a year, as, you know, as a termite inspector, it's like, heck, yeah, you can make well over that, you know, and they're, you know, I think that really opens their eyes, you know, it's not, you know, it's not the glam- most glamorous of work, right? Nobody, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, that's true, especially like on the fumigation side, <laughs> our, our stuff is hard work, you know, but some guys like that, right? I got guys that they they don't uh, you know they say you know what this is like having my gym pass paid for at work right (laughs) (laughs) Right. because they come in and you know they're lifting sandbags and tarps all day they don't need to go to the gym they're like some of the most fit guys you'll ever meet in your life you know so you know but it's but for some folks that's they they like that right you know that that type of you know physical demanding labor is exactly right in their wheelhouse what they're looking for you know but certainly, there are a lot of opportunities, you know. And the, I would say the other thing that's pretty cool, you know, about our field is that the 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 training aspect of it you get from you get from zero to being able to be a productive practitioner in pretty short order. You know, if you're interested and you come in hungry and you want to learn, you can get up to speed pretty quick. You know, you'll continue to learn even after you get your license, you know, and stuff. But, you know, if you want to, there are a lot of opportunities in this field, you know, and all sorts of uh, different uh, types of jobs as well.
1: Absolutely. And there has been a lot of people that have gotten in the field, learned their craft, are doing well, go back to college or very specific training get their ag license get their entomology license you know yeah get, go into the chemistry part of it to be able to work with a fumigation or a chemical producing company there's so many different routes you can take after you've learned craft
2: yeah that's true there are there are quite a few yeah they have like ace and bce licenses that a lot of the folks have been getting these days you know which are basically technical licenses in entomology you know yeah. and and uh, you know, you can work for, you can work for food processing plants or, I mean, just, you know, you can work for a craft, you know, and actually have that license, you know, someone like that, you know, that's processing food items, you know, at their facility, they have those folks work there for them as well. So, yeah, without a doubt.
1: Absolutely. Lee, can you uh give us uh, contact information? Anybody wants to talk to you, find out more about your company mm-hmm. or about yeah. the, the uh, legal stuff that's going on with the, the California Air Resource Board.
2: Without a doubt. Thanks. And thanks again, both Danny and Jeff. Thanks for having me yeah. on today. Thanks for the opportunity. I really just genuinely appreciate uh, the chance to talk to your your audience. My, uh, our company, again, is Quality Pest Services. Our website is uh, qualitypestservices.net. So you can find us on there. We have an Instagram and Facebook page for our company as well. If you wanna see some cool shots of some great uh, fumigation projects we do, try to update that on a weekly or you know basis or so. And uh, and you can reach me through uh, the, webs- the web address at info at qualitypestservices.net. That, that will get to me and my team. Really pleased to be out here and uh, uh, appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah no thanks for thanks for coming out and it, it's uh, again you know uh, everybody we have this recording through uh, Zoom so you're gonna be able to see this on YouTube so make sure to check us out on uh, YouTube that's uh, the Trades Podcast uh, uh, and also through Instagram and any other social medias through uh, obviously when all the listenership through podcasts you can find it on Spotify Apple Music uh, iHeartRadio podcast systems Google Amazon all of the above. So make sure to go check out this, share it with everybody, because everything that we covered was super important. And uh, we couldn't thank you enough again, Lee. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this was the the trades podcast right here. So thank you again.
1: All right.
2: Thank you, Lee. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.